forever. Dog. This is Nicole's Welcome to the third episode of Nicole's Grey's Anatomy. Time is just, it's flying by. It has been so fun to make these, but it's been even better to hear from all of you about what you like and uh, hear from you that you are enjoying the podcast. So I'm on Twitter at nsilverberg if you ever have any thoughts. And I do hope that you are subscribing to the podcast and rating it and reviewing it. And hopefully you love it and hopefully you're saying nice things. Um... I can't tell you how amazing it has been just hearing from other Grey's fans and also doing this podcast has inspired some of my friends who have never watched Grey's and my mom to start watching, which has been truly incredible. This episode was a blast. We talk about Meredith Grey, which is obviously like a huge subject, um, but Alana Bennett, who is just such a brilliant funny, cool person, amazing writer. She has written about Grace for a lot of publications. She talks about it on Twitter a lot. And so I w- we never met before, but I was like, please come on this podcast and talk. And she had the am- amazing idea to talk just kind of specifically about how Meredith has grown over time and these moments of self-actualization and maturation and how she went from being this dark and twisty person who doesn't trust anyone to being someone who kind of runs her life in a really impressive, confident, open way. So I know that you're going to really love the conversation. If you are not a current Grey's watcher, you stopped because of some extremely valid reason between seasons three and nine. Uh, We have put a time code in the description uh, because we do start talking about, you know, some season 15 business up top. And if that's not uh, as much your cup of tea or if you don't want spoilers for what's happening specifically in this season, um, because there are spoilers for just about everything else in the podcast. And I make no apologies about that. But if you don't um, want to, if you want to get more into that older Meredith, Meredith's journey, we've put a time code in the description where you can kind of scrub ahead and listen to all that good stuff. So yeah, that's it. That's my whole intro. It wasn't short. I, I'm not going to. Thank you. Okay, bye. Listen. Hello, welcome to another episode of Nicole's Grey's Anatomy. I'm so excited for the guests that we have today because, you know, in the community of people who are caught up on Grey's Anatomy, who are actively watching right now in season 15, I'm told that this is a community of millions, but in New York, uh, you really, sometimes you just feel so alone. (laughs) And uh, this writer has talked about Grey's on BuzzFeed, at Bustle, so many different places where I feel so heard. Most recently, I devoured an article she wrote about how Grey's is horny again. It's um, truly an honor uh, to have Alana Bennett. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Oh, my gosh. I mean, 
I'm actually a few episodes behind right now because I don't like DeLuca and I'm afraid of what I'm going to find. <laughs> um, but it's just so it feels so peaceful, deeply peaceful to be with someone who who is currently watching Grey's. Who, there are so few of us that I know of. Yes. I know of like six people right. and they'll all be on this podcast within like month one. <laughs> and then and then what will I do? You know? <laughs> I just think that, uh, well, I mean, that actually bring, brings me to my first question, which is just what has your Gray's journey been? What is your Gray's journey? Oh, boy. It's been a time. <laughs> <laughs> I started watching Gray's. I looked it up recently. Um, the show premiered when I was still 13 years old, a little 13-year-old in Portland, Oregon, and I watched it from that episode. I was like about to be 14, but like it still counts as like I was... I think yeah. it was like eighth grade and I was into it immediately and I've quit it multiple times over the years. Okay. Yeah. Uh, first was when George and Izzy started like getting sexy with each other because that was incorrect. Yeah. I mean, that's uh. truly, that was the first like error that the show was <laughs> right. like, oh no, this is wrong. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> um, and then again, I, when I heard that there was ghost sex happening on the show, I was like, I don't, I don't know if this is for me. And then <laughs> in college, I circled back to it because I heard that it had gotten a little gay Yeah. Um, with Callie. And so I was like, oh, I want to see what this like bisexual character is doing. Um, and and then I also and then the like shooting happened on the show and I was like, that's like a really good episode. The show was actually good still. And then I yeah. got up and then I quit again when Derek died, not because he died, but because Meredith left for nine months and like didn't talk to her friends. And that made me mad. And she had a baby in secret. Right. That Who does that? <laughs> um, Apparently Meredith Grey. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when I came back that time, I was like, you know what? We're very far into this show. I need to stop pretending that I'm ever going to quit it for good. Yeah. I've only ever quit once. Um, like quit, like didn't watch for a year and was like, well, I guess it finally happened. <laughs> and it was very late. It was when after Derek died, Meredith was gone for nine months. Mm -hmm. She came back and she was like, well, I'm back. I've been through a lot. My life is hard, but I love medicine. <laughs> and then she is promptly assaulted oh, by a patient. Oh, <laughs> I just rewatched that episode because I'm rewatching the show with my roommate who's never seen it before. Yeah. And like it just it's, it's so soon after Derek. It's so soon. <laughs> and it's awful. She I mean, people get like not to be glib, but like people kind of get assaulted all the yeah. time on the show. People don't get like hospitalized no. so, like she was like hospitalized couldn't hold her babies couldn't hold her babies so I, this is actually like kind of a a confession that i didn't expect to ever make and now i guess i have to i i still haven't seen that episode i read a beat by beat like very mm -hmm. detailed like super fan wrote on the Grays wiki summary of it mm -hmm. and a year later i just i i read it i was like okay this is what happened and i and i just started the episode after that yeah. i just was like i can't watch meredith gray get assaulted no. I, I don't think ever it's like yeah. have i at least has my loyalty earned anything? Like, can <laughs> right. I can I be given at least that much? Yeah, it feels like that was the prime. Ex like, there are a lot of examples of Shonda Rhimes just hating Meredith Grey yes. with everything that she has. But that one feels like the the biggest punch in the face. If yeah, you will. it was so. I just was like, 
I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I can really get inside of the Grey's writers' minds. Mm-hmm. And that was one where I was just like, so this played well in the room? <laughs> right. I was like, hmm, yes, yes, she's grieving. She's grieving. Okay. And I'm just, you know, we're spitballing safe space. What if she just gets absolutely pummeled and can't hold her children? <laughs> Just send her to like a support group and then have her like have her cry. You know, there's yeah. lots of other ways for her to like ha- go through it when she's still like very freshly widowed. Right. You know, in general, I think that period of Meredith Grey, which, by the way, is mm-hmm. the theme of today's episode, yeah. Meredith Grey, which obviously, I mean, so much. <laughs> I mean, we're t- we're talking today about like Meredith's growth, mm-hmm. like how Meredith changes. One thing, one of my least favorite kind of um stretches of time for Meredith is kind of that post attack pre Harper Avery time Mm -hmm. where she, I think literally says that she doesn't need to have sex because work is like sex to her. And I'm like, no, that's not actually no living person feels that way. (laughs) I was like, you just Ellen Pompeo don't want to deal with men. And I respect that. But like, we have to come up with like a better explanation right. in the world of the show of why you aren't dating. Yeah. She's like, I think she has a line that's like literally vagina city is a ghost town. Yes. Yes, that's right. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, oh, OK. <laughs> I mean, sure. But like not for ever it's just like you could say you're still grieving your husband right you can say like i'm too sad for I'm the deep too sad like, for the deep but like instead she's like no i actually like in theory would be ready to have sex i just feel fulfilled sexually by my career <laughs> by cutting people open i'm like the times in my life where my career has been best my vagina has been a ghost town and not in the way that i want no. I, there's no energy <laughs> yes. but i'm not like well I'm turned on all the time. <laughs> I'm so tired. That's how, you know, your body works. I'm like, mm, no. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I I I think I quit for about a year. Mm-hmm. Um and I I just I'm always rewatching. I'm always going back and like watching different um chunks. Like I'll be like, "Oh, let's just get back into season 4." And then <laughs> I watch until like, you know, end of season 7. I'm like, "Okay, yeah." And then let's, what what happened in season nine? I'll just oh. hop around. Yeah. And I was doing that and I was like, I miss my friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really miss my friends. I wish I knew what they were up to. At, at a certain point, you've just been hanging out with them for so long. You're yeah. like, I need to see where they end up. And like, they do keep, like if the show had just gotten, there have been shows that have been on for so long and they just keep repeating the same storylines and like the characters are doing the same beats all the time. But this show does feel like it still has something to say about yes. them. And I like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, wh- one thing I think is really interesting is like periods of time when I was watching the show, I, I didn't start watching from the very beginning. I, 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 I blockbuster style binged the first like, three seasons Mm -hmm. two three seasons and then and then started watching it live and it's so different when you're watching week to week Mm -hmm. because things like denny ghost sex really feels like an eternity but when you're binging you're like oh it's six episodes like you just move through that you you can forgive these what felt like these colossal betrayals by shonda rhimes they happen so fast yeah and I think that that really helped me when I ended up getting back into it because mm-hmm. if I had had to just watch it like drip, drip, drip yes. week by week after the attack, I think that would have been still really like discouraging. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of able to just like speed through it 
respond to emails on my computer <laughs> while I was watching and be like, you know, remind myself like I don't live here. These aren't these aren't <laughs> people aren't real. Yes. They are fine. not personally attacking me. Yeah, like I just can, you know, I can rise above, right? <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> I'm in therapy. I've been in therapy for years. <laughs> like I have to apply that to my relationship with Grey's Anatomy. But I don't know. I still fucking love the show. I think it's so good. Same. But do you like the Delucas while we're on the subject? I was hesitant at first. Oh God, and I then, hate where this is going. I hate where this is he going. <laughs> fully won me over. He got me. It's just, and I'm watching currently. I'm watching seasons where he's like introduced and he's like sleeping with Maggie and stuff like that. Yeah, and like that's weird because he feels like a completely different person. But now that for is me, that is a graze. That's a graze problem right. at times. Like yeah. Like when you watch episodes where April Kepner gets introduced, like the early like, ones, you're like, first of all, <laughs> she's not a redhead. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> April Kepner is a redhead. Yeah, like first of all, April Kepner has brown hair, so sound the alarm. <laughs> Second of all, she hasn't talked about being on a farm. She hasn't talked about Christianity. Like we know she's a virgin, a but like time, that's yeah. it. Yeah, it takes a long ass time. But yeah, wow. I'm just like honestly so disappointed to hear that because I think that Deluca <laughs> is a blight. You know that's. <laughs> That's fair. I just, he's integral to me in the Grey's Anatomy becoming hornier of yes, it all. That is true. And he I has like, a good look, yeah. as you talked about on Twitter. It's like, hilarious. Him and Meredith are hilarious to me because he looks also exactly like Derek. And so she, it's just like she has he does such have a really similar type. hair. He's like, it's like swapped Derek, where like he's the like underling at the hospital and she's the powerful like super surgeon. I know. And I like really have to kind of examine like sociologically what's happening <laughs> here for me, but I'm like, it's not as fun when the woman is, is in charge. It's I'm like, I and especially but I do think it's actually like um from a cultural, like gendered perspective, I'm like, oh no, that's the wrong opinion to have. But then when I actually think about like Meredith, I'm like, mm -hmm. no, like why does Meredith have to fucking do the work? Like someone needs to come in here and like get it done. And yeah, I mean, he's just young. That mm. whole thing that he had with, like, the other intern who was on So You Think You right. Can Dance, like, <laughs> and crucially, an episode of Criminal Minds I just watched, <laughs> um, I was like, that storyline sucks and doesn't make me like me. him. He didn't interest me until the moment that he, like started looking at Meredith and it was like he was so in awe of her and that yeah. really got me that's that's what roped me and I was like okay he's and then he's like he keeps speaking Italian at her yeah uh, which again like and I really can't stress this enough the way that they've justified why two Italian siblings <laughs> who are very close one speaks English with no accent and yes. one speaks fluent Italian with an accent when she speaks in English um it's not correct it's like, not, the not logic correct. doesn't hold no. um yeah I mean Yes, he does, as you have discussed on Twitter, give the look very well. He has the same hair as Derek. But he, up until recently, had um no personality. He didn't have a single personality. <laughs> like, no, no, and not even no personality, no qualities. No. Like, he had no, like, qualities. Uh, no. There was nothing about him. And for some reason, he gives me shades of, and I cannot believe I remember this character's <laughs> name, Shane Ross. Oh, yeah. He, like He's Shane, off, like, like was like all like boinking Christina. Yeah, in Switzerland. his dick was so wet for <laughs> yeah. Christina because she was talented. Yeah, and she like was considering it. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Why are we 
so easily swayed by a younger person who just mm-hmm. thinks you're smart. Like, right. this is not the same character yeah, who yeah. is just like, I'm fucking brilliant. Like, people yeah. need to get on board. I'm like, no, yeah. no, Of course he thinks you're brilliant. I you think, are. Because, so the episode that really got me last season was the one with, um, uh, what's his name? The guy from Felicity. Ben from Felicity. Mm-hmm. Where he- Everyone's <laughs> from Felicity or Allie McBeal. Yes. That's like kind of a fun like Grey's universe thing yeah. that's happening right now. Or I'm like, like oh, some of- another you- person from Allie McBeal. Yeah. <laughs> or in early seasons it was like Gilmore Girls. And like yeah. <laughs> you could tell that Shonda Rhimes had like binged that show and was like I'll pull them. Yes. Um, <laughs> but the yeah when the guy when Ben from Felicity showed up last season that was the episode where I was like really back on board yeah. with Grey's Anatomy and with its horniness and with Meredith Grey where I was like oh they're actually gonna let her have horny feelings again and also like mushy feelings again where she was like kind of opening up to him and they yeah. had really good chemistry and so I kept just waiting for him to come back but I, I don't think he's like, ever gonna come back Scott Speedman they uh, made like some I think people re- reacted so, so well to him yeah. and then Grey's Anatomy had to like literally put out a press release to be like hey so about that <laughs> We like only wrote one episode for him and really just wanted it to prove that she can like feel those feelings again. It worked too this, well. Like it worked too well. Yeah. Especially because like in comparison to Nathan, who where it was right. like, what is going on like, here? I guess they can have like hate sex. Although that was but... someone who I eventually came yeah, on board with too. Same. And then I was like, and was, what is fiance is alive? Yeah. It, it took too many. It was like. A little too too sad. Too many too many dead partners in that too relationship. Too many dead partners. The addition of like the Syrian refugee child <laughs> yes. was just like sometimes we're trying to do too much. Yeah. Sometimes we were too ambitious. Yes. But I think what happened with Deluca is I I very slowly and very begrudgingly accepted that Scott Speedman would not be returning. Yeah. Partially because I I also furiously emailed the Grey's Anatomy publicist and was like, when? When is he coming back? When? when? And they Are were you like, in talks? Alana, no, he's not. He's not. And then I was oh like, I God. guess I have to move on with my life somehow as if he's like somebody who rejected me. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, I guess they're going. So it, it became clear to me that DeLuca was their replacement for him. Right. And, the, and like... And the, Except and the I, wedding so I'm hoping, weird. yes, yeah. I'm hoping that, because like what I really crave from Meredith Grey right now, and because she closed off so much after Derek died, is I really crave her like opening up emotionally and yeah. actually like talking about her feelings. And I just want that, I want that to be what comes out of her and DeLuca is her actually like being willing to, because even with Nathan, she like barely admitted to herself and to him that she liked him, even though they were like by the right. end kind of in love. Uh, and I want her to be able to say say words with totally. her feelings in them. Yes, I, I feel that too. I mean, I just wonder, like, when they brought Link in, mm-hmm. who I really like, yeah. I was like, this is the way to do it. You bring in a super hot guy yes. who, like, we don't know, yeah. and you just set him up. <laughs> but yeah, that hasn't exactly played out in the way that yeah. we thought. And I love Chris he Carmack. He does look cuckoo with some of like when when like the child gives him a haircut and they're like no we're really going to play the reality of this he's going to now have the haircut that the child gave him for the rest of the episode and he's like flirting with meredith and i'm like, like i don't know oh, too convincing this haircut <laughs> yeah. is bad it's real bad yeah it was not good um yeah i mean when i started watching Grey's, 
I did not like Meredith Grey. Mm-hmm. Um, she was not my favorite character. Yeah. I wasn't really rooting for her. Since I've rewatched as an adult, mm-hmm. I like, oh, I get it now. I just kind of was like young. Yeah. I didn't have um, sadness yet <laughs> in that way. All of her sadness was pent up. Right. Like, I think it just was like, I was like, God, what's her deal? Like, <laughs> I just was like, she seems gloomy. <laughs> but now I just I'm like, oh, I do adore her and I also it's also influenced by just like I have such great respect for Ellen Pompeo yeah yeah and I love her and I think she's truly a gifted actor that I like I enjoy I just enjoy when she's around because I'm like oh she's she's good she like makes acting choices she does and subtly like it doesn't feel like yes like Meredith Grace acting but but it feels like you're just in her and you know her like in like instinctively really well yeah that's really hard to do over like that many years right well not Holly Road Reporter article that she like dictated Mm -hmm. it sounds like she just yelled at someone (laughs) and they wrote down what she said and she's like this is my career my career (laughs) yeah i mean god like god bless her she is just an absolute lunatic and (laughs) they kept her away from doing press for so long (laughs) and then at a certain point they're like i think we have to let um, out. My favorite thing is this, just her full Boston comes out and full she's so aggressive. Boston. But she's just like Faye Dunaway drives a fucking Prius. I mean, I'm not <laughs> saying it's a bad car to drive, but do you think she drives a Prius? It's like, <laughs> oh my God. Also, there's a video of her for like Elle or some like some like kind of high minded lady magazine where she's just like here's how you negotiate a deal and she just yells at the camera for like five full minutes she's like know your worth (laughs) it's amazing but in that article she talks about how oh what was i gonna say Hmm, totally lost it the 15 years the like the longevity part exactly it was like it was like you can (laughs) you can anyone can play a character for two seasons Mm -hmm. like if you can do it for 10 fucking seasons like that's real acting i'm like yes bitch you can see in a lot of shows and like notably not Grey's Anatomy, but you can see in a lot of other shows where when the actors just check out. Totally. And I I think that like everyone on Grey's tries really hard, right. which like has its own version of backfiring. But that's yes. something that like is nuts to me. Like they're all like, yes, I take my work very seriously. Right. And I don't get the sense that it's actually been like a peaceful set. Like they're not no. usually in the set type of set. They're like, we're not like. We're no. a family. It's like, no, we had Katherine Heigl. We had Isaiah Washington and T.R. Knight. Like, you Absolutely. could tell when T.R. Knight was like, I'm not showing up for work anymore. And then. Oh, just, yeah, just... baby. I mean, I've said this on our very limited episode so far. I will say this as many times as possible. If there's one thing that can come out of this podcast in my dream world, it is that I put pressure on the Gray's institution to do an oral history. Oh, my God. I want it so bad i want i need to know what i need to know what was happening yeah but yeah i mean i would also say that like Ellen pompeo at this point only works with her friends on the show and they write around people who she wants to be in scenes with which is gorgeous to me like (laughs) it's so fucking funny she doesn't like sarah drew she's not (laughs) friends with sarah drew she did not do scenes with sarah drew she's friends with camille Ludington, who Mm -hmm. plays joe she is friends with 
Justin Chambers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You can tell that like those are the two from the original yeah. cast that liked each other and they're still going. And they're still friends. Yeah. I mean, but it's did you know that Justin Chambers has five children I do. and it's the my youngest one is like 17? <laughs> oh my god. I didn't know he had I didn't know my favorite thing about him is he has so many children. He's five kids. He's had five kids like basically mm-hmm. this whole time. And yeah. the youngest one is like finishing high school. Yeah. That hell, if you want to do a second episode just on Alex Karev, <laughs> oh my like, god, I, I mean, could go on forever. That man yeah. loves babies that man so much, loves babies, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, Ellen Pompeo, like, fully yes. has preferences. Mm-hmm. And when Sarah Drew left, mm-hmm. you know, on Instagram, you can really see who's friends with each other. Yeah, and I do feel like Ellen Pompeo is the type of person, this is just like conjecture but that she's the type of person that will tell you to your face if she does not like you absolutely i watched her punked episode have you seen that oh my god no (laughs) it's incredible this is when i learned that ellen pompeo is like full boston aggressive because she's sitting there with her boyfriend who is now her husband um and the whole the the prank is that the waitress is hitting on her boyfriend and she like goes she the waitress walks away and she like goes off to her boyfriend and being like i can stab her (laughs) like like does she think that i can't take her like she's she's doing this i'm i am that (laughs) pretends to be shocked gif but i'm actually shocked and i have my hands up around my mouth and my jaw is dropped open and my eyes are bugging out of my face and i'm i honestly have the instinct to be like okay actually let's just end the podcast here and i have to go home and watch this but i will i will wait Holy shit. How did I not know? I don't know, but it is this exists. burned into my brain. Something that I watched recently <laughs> is Ellen Pompeo's deleted scenes from Eternal Sunshine and Spotless oh my God. Mind. And did I have work I should have been doing at the time? <laughs> Absolutely. Did I watch them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's very good. I want to know what her like her movie career would have been like without Grey's Anatomy, but also I would not give up Grey's Anatomy for that. Exactly. I, I feel the same way. I do think that... I mean, and she's kind of said this, Mm -hmm. like she felt that she was supposed to be this big star and then things just weren't start. We're starting to not pan out. And I think she at the time when she took Grey's was like, I don't want to be stuck on a procedural. I'm Mm -hmm. like meant to I'm I'm in I'm poised to do these bigger projects. But she feels very strongly that she would have had a a short expiration date, Mm -hmm. and which is, I think, that that is industry conscious yes. like yes you, yeah yeah and also like this is just from a practical like perspective like she has had kids mm-hmm. she looks different now than yeah. she did when she started like she probably was the tiniest actress that has so ever small. existed like she's literally <laughs> she's like gumby she is the the build of anna kendrick but <laughs> taller which should be medically impossible <laughs> yes. like it's stretch her unreal. up yeah and you can you they like costume it on grays where it like hides it sometimes and then sometimes i'm like are you a pencil like not in a in bad way but it's seasons, just like interesting to me god i love her so much i'd die for her but she is truly a maniac yes. i mean she honestly she would kill maniac. me but i love her yeah. i love her so much um okay well let's just get to these clips because honestly we've already kind of talked about one of them but <clears throat> we'll get there um so I've said this on the podcast before, and 
that my absolute favorite Meredith arc and maybe even arc on the whole show is when she goes through therapy. And so when you were like, I want to talk about the ways in which Meredith has changed and I want to look at these clips from her therapy experience, I my I got choked up because I was like, <laughs> I fucking love these <laughs> these clips so much. So you pulled like kind of two from one episode and then I pulled one from another. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess we'll we'll start with those. Um, God. She really, it's so cool because like, she really does change. Yes. (laughs) Like her character really is completely different in many ways after she goes through therapy and that rules. Yes. Like it, it, I want that from so many other shows now of like that turn where they solve some of the problems that she had before. Like she genuinely moves on from them, but at the same time, she still, it's not like she is just cured of everything right and it's not as if there aren't new other problems and there's something that i really like about it which is that like therapy inherently has a sense of history to right. it. you're always kind of reevaluating, like well what what went into this moment like what went into you and something that i think there's always a tendency in TV to be like, well, this arc is over. So we've moved on Mm -hmm. like the body, the bomb in the body, like that's over. And it's just so um, accurate to then have a therapist be like, well, okay. So this happened to you in two years ago, (laughs) like last year. So that was, you know, very recently and you're probably still, that's still on the table to talk (laughs) about. And, you know, that's not something you see in TV very much Mm. where someone's like, okay, let's actually really unpack what happened to you a year ago and how that's impacting how you treat other people now. And I think that like they do that too with um, after the shooting, like Mm -hmm. Christina has almost a full season of just like having very, very serious PTSD and it is not compelling to watch. It is like like, not fun. Yeah. It's just sad. It's not dynamic. It's not, but it's like, you watch it and you kind of can't look away partially because you're like, yep. I mean, yeah. If they didn't do it, then like, why would they do those storylines? Like, right. it's like, otherwise you're just like, here's a moment of horror. Right. And now back to the fun. Okay. So this first clip is, I mean, truly a favorite of an all time fave for me where, uh, she goes into therapy and she, <laughs> and her therapist, Dr. Wyatt, really gives her a talking to, and she kind of is like, give me my file. <laughs> We've got this patient, and she's got true love. Do you want to know why? Because her boyfriend doesn't exist. Derek is all broken up over her. Like it means something that she's having an affair with a hallucination. But Derek wasn't ready to give up on the relationship, and you were No, I didn't give up. I wanted to try again, and then he went and kissed Rose. So he's the one who messes up, not me. But it's a relationship. People make mistakes. And you stand back waiting for him to fail so you can say, aha, now I quit. No, it wasn't working. Was your life not working when you let that slip out from under you? Okay, when are you going to stop suggesting that I'm suicidal? When you start acting like somebody that wants to be alive. Give me my chart. Why? Because I'm not suicidal, and if it says that, then it's wrong. What happened last year when you fell in the water? I almost drowned. You think I did that for kicks? You put your hand in a body cavity that contained unexploded ordnance. I was trying to save a patient. Why is it that every other person in that room had the sense to hit the deck? You know, 
people run away from this line between life and death. You seem to stand on it and wait for a strong wind to sway you one way or the other. You're careless with your life. You're not slitting your wrist, but you're careless. Probably because your mother told you you were a waste of space on this planet. The problem is you believed her. And if you don't watch out, one of these days you're going to die because of it. Hand me my chart. Now. Don't ever talk about my mother again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, drag an all-time her. great. An all-time great. Because it's like, also, no one has fucking said that to Meredith right. up until this point. No one's been like, hey, have you considered the fact that you keep almost dying? You, you like and it's because you put yourself. Yes. yes. Uh, I love that storyline so much. Part, like, I really loved the. It sounds weird, but I really loved like kind of watching. They never call it this, but like Meredith's suicidal ideation, basically. Yes, absolutely. Where like earlier in the season, like Derek catches her in the tub, like seemingly just like kind of waiting to see if she'll drown yes and he's like um honey yes he's like don't don't die don't do that yeah she like seems to have kind of liked (laughs) how it felt like when she was about to drown right and then i think it's like literally later that episode or like a couple episodes later where she like falls into the water and then just gives up and does not oh yeah you're swim. right that's before she drowns she right. like yeah she like submerges herself right. and he like comes into the tub and she's just like he comes into the bathroom and yeah. she's in the tub just like completely submerged and he's like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> he's like yeah. let's talk about this and he, she's like i don't talk about things no and then he pulls her out of the river or whatever or the, the ocean and like and she's pretty much dying in that episode and his first thought is that she did it on purpose. Yes. Which like, they don't really, they don't have Meredith know that she's doing all of this stuff. But like, I like that they kind of play with that. Like everyone can see that she wants to die. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's, um, it's so, it's so good. Well, and then you also pulled this, pulled this clip from the end of that same episode, which is, you know, she's quit therapy halfway through this episode. And then like, God, like a lot of stuff happens. I mean, <laughs> is, was it the because this is the one where the woman doesn't the woman has Alzheimer's or something and she has the boyfriend who like the her sister doesn't believe exists. Yes. So it is. Oh, God, this is I mean, I think it's one of my favorite patient stories of all time, even it's though so it's good. one of the most blatantly manipulative, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, like emotionally manipulative uh things that could literally ever happen (laughs) but it's a patient who has a brain tumor and she keeps describing this man who she met it's regina taylor which is like amazing (laughs) regina taylor is like i met this man andre and i met him on this cruise and i lost my flip-flop and he found it and it's like all these like kind of fairy tale Mm -hmm. things where the sister is like there's no fucking way this guy exists and the where where the tumor is, mm-hmm. it's like it presses on whatever of like reality and imagination. And she's drawn all these pictures of him in her journal. And she's like, you think I made this up? <laughs> you think I made this up? And he's like going to fly in for her surgery. Mm-hmm. But the clock is ticking because 
like I don't know, the tumor's gonna something or an yeah. aneurysm is gonna burst or don't whatever. They, like, convince her that he doesn't exist. Like she, yep. like she's like, at, by the time she goes into surgery, there she's like, okay, I guess he doesn't exist, and she that's heartbreaking. Literally <sighs> weeps, sobs, just like yeah. gut punching sobs of her just being like, I made him up, and there and Derek is like, I'm sorry because. It, you know, in the great, in one of the great, the great traditions of gray is of a case being a metaphor. Yes. Derek is like, why do you, Meredith is like, the guy doesn't exist. And Derek's like, love isn't real. Yes. And Derek's like, why would you think that? Like, in, and uh, they have a huge disagreement about it the whole mm-hmm. episode. And eventually he's like, okay, fine. He doesn't exist. And tells her, like, I think that this is something that your brain made up. And then she goes into surgery and she does not make it. She's compl- She never wakes up. I mean, she doesn't die on the table, but she never wakes yeah. up. And he does exist. And he, and he does up. show up and he cries at her bedside. It's brutal. <laughs> it's real. So that's one of the ones where I'm like, this is so good. But why do I watch this show? Oh, my it's God. It's so sad. It's yeah. I mean, I was pulling these clips last night and I was just like, <laughs> like, you know, kind of crying. But then he kind of decides that he wants to try and make it with Rose. It's like a really brutal episode and she ends up going back into um the office but but part of it is yeah mm -hmm, i'm gonna pull it up right now also just three cheers for amy madigan (laughs) because her performance as dr wyatt is yes so fucking good My mother tried to kill herself when I was a kid. After the love of her life disappeared. I never told anybody that before. Okay. So you think I'm broken? Fix me. Because I'm no quitter. Let's go. End of episode. Yes. That's my favorite. That might be my favorite Meredith moment. Yeah. Why? Talk about (laughs) it. (laughs) I think because it's her actually thinking about herself and her life and actually deciding to make a big change. Like she's like, I have this, I'm fucked up in this way because of these things that happened to me. And I've had a lot of abandonment issues. Yeah. A lot of stuff, a lot of trauma. My mom sucked. and that's messing with the love of my life so how do i not make the same mistakes that she did i'm i really love in tv when people decide not to make the same mistakes as like the people before them or their parents or whatever absolutely and i think that part of what I, i love about that moment is that she it's just like a very like clear like character moment mm-hmm. like just the fact that she's like i'm not a quitter <laughs> like yes. it's such like a like a west side story era like what are you saying you're chicken like like <laughs> yes. and that's like a motivator for a character but i think that i, I think that because the, there's one scene the one therapy scene in between mm-hmm. where he, she comes in and he's and i think uh dr wyatt's like well, you're quitting therapy just like you quit everything else in your life. You quit your relationship. You quit your life. You quit all the stuff. And she and it's like, you know, this isn't how therapy works, but it's how close relationships mm-hmm. where people are actually willing to like 
tell you how yeah. it is works. And 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 I think that the fact that that specifically gets under Meredith's skin, that she's like, oh, the way that I deal with conflict isn't sustainable. <laughs> like, I yeah. can't just keep abdicating my own personal responsibility and just being like, well, time for me to just run away from this because yeah. it's hard. Especially when, you know, you look at what her career is and she never expects to do it in that arena. But it's like, mm -hmm. how does it not bleed in and stuff like that? So, yeah, I love it. Yes. I feel like also it's just that moment is so hard won. Like this is like yes. four seasons in. So it's like Grey's Anatomy is established. The characters are we know who they are. And like this is a turning point that like every single thing that we've seen in the show has built up to. Yes. And like every single like conflict that Meredith Grey has been through has been leading up to like this decision mm -hmm. and it genuinely changes what she looks and feels like and how she acts for like a long time after that absolutely yeah I I, I so the next okay so I pulled my favorite one of my favorite therapy moments which is the final moment it's yes. in it's in season four episode 17 last episode of the season because of the writer strike mm -hmm. um which is Really puts it in time for you. <laughs> this is 2007. Um, and Meredith, who has kind of decided to do the hard work of therapy, talks about how her mother told her to be extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And and she and she also is like like her therapy. I mean, it's so it's such good TV because her therapist <laughs> is like, you're missing something. There is something that you don't see and it's right in front of you. And Meredith's like, just tell me what it is. And she's like, no, you have to figure this out for yourself because it is your relationship with your mother crystallized. Mm -hmm. Like you have to just figure it out. And so Meredith is, you know, Derek is still with Rose. That fucking sucks. And then she's really starting to understand the ramifications that the chief had on her mm -hmm. mother and how now that she's kind of accepted the fact that her mother tried to kill herself after the chief left her, like that is like, impacting her work life because mm -hmm. that's her boss i love i love every time that she yells at the chief about her mom he never expects it it's usually just like they're passing in the hallway and she's like fuck you fuck you <laughs> i know and he also it's like it's truly like the ultimate trump card because whenever she brings it up he's like yeah, yeah i did that bye. i did do that yeah you're right so this is this clip is the like the final moment in therapy in this season in this arc um but it starts with, I'm, I'm starting with when she confronts the chief. So you convinced Shepard to do the second surgery without my approval? So? So? That's how you speak to the chief? So? My mother tried to kill herself after you left. Did you know that? Did you know that? I didn't know that. I'm sorry, I didn't know. She was I, a brilliant surgeon. How could you do that to her? She was a talented, gifted, extraordinary surgeon. Meredith? Tell me. She was a surgeon. She was an excellent surgeon. If she was really trying to kill herself, she wouldn't have slit her wrists. She knew better. She would have taken the scalpel and cut her carotid artery. 
It would have taken seconds to die. She didn't really want to die. She was an excellent, gifted, extraordinary surgeon. She didn't want to die. What did she want? She wanted Richard to come back to her. And why didn't he come back? Well, because he never knew about it, and she was too stubborn to ask. What does that mean? Well, that part I don't know. Can you just tell me that part for once? I can. It means that you are a gifted, talented, extraordinary surgeon, exactly like your mother. But the difference is you get to learn from her mistakes. Be extraordinary. She wasn't talking about surgery. No, she wasn't. She wasn't talking about surgery at all. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I mean, truly a favorite. I mean, it's that's good. maybe like a top three all-time favorite yes. greatest moment. Oh my god. First of all, Ellen Pompeo's acting in that in both yes. of those scenes is so good. Yes. I just think that first of all, I love anything that's a little mystery, just as far mm-hmm. as like how TV writing goes. I'm like, yes, she solved it. She solved, she it. solved it. But just the way that just well, okay. Two, two things. Mm-hmm. In the world of the character, I'm like, oh, I just love that, like, she has this moment of realizing that, like, her mom, who she thought only cared about career, mm-hmm. actually was wishing for her to have, like, a great love like in her life. life. Yes. yes. And to have a full life and to not sacrifice, but to not sacrifice anything mm-hmm. for them. But what I also really love is I think this to my memory is the only time that they use the Meredith and Derek theme in the show when he's not like even there. Yeah, I didn't even notice that until this time. And I was like, it's the Derek theme. Oh no. I know. And I think it's such a smart TV making move Mm -hmm. because that gives you such like an emotional experience of like, oh my God, yes, it's love. It's true love. But she goes in and she's actually talking about resolving this thing with her mom that is going to have ramifications in her romantic life. But I think that's such like a, it's such a cool way to to flip yes. something that they've been doing for seasons yeah, of like using that music. Yeah, I feel like with the whole Derek thing, it's easy to just fall back on like typical conversations around like romance on TV. But yes. like, I feel like Derek, in terms of what he means for Meredith, is so much more than just like even just a character or a love interest or like her big love. It's like he. And, like, this can have, like, good things and bad things when it comes to, like, defining a female character. But I feel like Meredith is also always more than him. Yeah. I think it's it's just in terms of what he helps make her see. And doesn't feel like it's, like, bad or lazy writing or, like, unfeminist, right? It feels yes. like she he is a, a helping to open up a whole emotional world for her. And even now that he's gone off the show, that's still there. And, like, that whole arc is still so poignant. And I feel like that's yes. why they're, like, they were such a like meaningful couple and this had been like so many shows go through a thing where like oh we have to keep them apart for like these arbitrary reasons for so for like a certain amount of time and like until like this season or this episode right and like gray's kind of cut that off at that point with that therapy thing they were like no it's no they're gonna get together and that's so there's still gonna be a lot to deal with yeah she makes the house out of candles (laughs) yeah it's like we're not gonna do like it's boring and not showing us anything about her character anymore if she just keeps avoiding him yes so the next clip that i pulled i have two more 
and they're they're before chronologically your last clip. So I'm gonna just slip them in. These are two moments where I'm just like, wow, incredible personal growth for Meredith, like unreal. The first one is when she decides to give her liver to Thatcher, um, which is like a really tough episode because at this point, like Lexi and Meredith are close, Mm -hmm. but Lexi still just like doesn't get the fact that (laughs) Meredith does not have a good relationship with Mm -hmm. Thatcher. She doesn't want to have a good relationship with Thatcher. And I think... Um, he's already like slapped her and uninvited her oh, to yeah. the funeral by now. Mm-hmm. Uh, to his his yeah. wife's Lexi mom, Lexi's mom's funeral. So not like the best relationship. No. <laughs> and he comes in and he asks, and he needs a liver transplant because he's an alcoholic and he can't and he can't get on the the transplant list. And Lexi isn't a match, and so Lexi like begs Meredith, and it's like actually a huge violation yeah. is a really frustrating episode yeah. because you're like this is inappropriate and unfair and you're mm-hmm. putting meredith in a really shitty position and she then ends up saying this You're the guy who used to pour my cereal in the morning. That's it. That's all I remember about you. You're not my father. You're just the guy who used to pour my cereal. And if you die, it probably won't change my life that much. But it will change hers. If you die, it will break her. And I'm not going to let you do that. I don't know what it's like to have a father. But I do know what it's like to have a sister. And it's good. And if we can get through this, then the door will be open for us to get to know each other. The door's open. So good. I love that scene so much. Yes, me too. It's just so, it's just such a different Meredith, which is why I I pulled it. It's just like, it's not the Meredith we meet in season Mm -hmm. one. It's honestly not even the Meredith we know in season one. Three, mid four. Even yeah, current it's, Meredith. It's like right. it's like sometimes. Like I think that's what makes it good is that it's so rare. Like when she opens up that emotionally and she is like, I love this person so much. Right. Like I remember when the like the Derek pick me choose me scene yes. happened. Like I was sitting there with my mom and she was my my mom was like, I don't like that she's begging him to love her and I and I was like. You don't like the character, though. <laughs> like she, it, this is very right. rare for the character to like open up like this. Like that's a huge move for her. And the same right. with Lexi. She took a long time to warm yes. up. And Lexi, I mean, I love Lexi, and I really came to love yeah. Lexi. But one thing that I think they do a really good job with Lexi mm-hmm. is like they make her someone who Meredith just would not like no. if she met her. No. And like, if I met you and I didn't know you were my sister and the, being my sister actually makes things worse. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't care for you. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I think that's, I think that there's like maybe some type of dramatic impulse to be like, they're exactly alike. Mm-hmm. They're the perfect pair. Right. And it's undeniable. And it's like, no, no, that's also not how things work. Yeah. And it's so, and it's such a like 
colossal unfairness that Meredith has gotten this short end of the mm-hmm. stick from like not having a dad around, but also like not really having a mom around and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And Lexi had this very like picturesque yeah. upbringing with the exact guy who could not right. deliver that to Meredith. <laughs> yes. and, and then she has the audacity to be like, can you undergo this actually kind of major surgery mm-hmm. right before a hospital merger? Yes. Where your job is on the line. <laughs> Do you mind doing that for me? Yeah. It feels like Lexi is like literally that shiny, happy person that Meredith always yes, talks about exactly. not being. Uh, and that was really like a good thing for the show to do. And I feel like even with her second sister, (laughs) her second surprise sister with Maggie, like one, I wish that they talked about Lexi more in that and like how that, and how that like impacts that relationship. But I do still like seeing the way that they put, they make her sisters like challenge her and like open her up more. Like, no, we're family. I know that you don't know how to do family. That's your whole thing, but we're going to make you, Side note, they just announced that they've cast Derek's fourth sister. I'm like, who's giving the note more sisters? Right? Who's looking at Grace and being like, you know what we need? We kind of yes. need some more sisters. Didn't I'm like, they? God, we have too many sisters. And she has like another sister on like a naval base somewhere that they could pull out at any moment. Like, oh, yeah. Like yeah. other daughter. Um, Molly. Molly. Yeah. No, no. This is Derek's Derek's right. sister because we've met Nancy, yeah, who was Nez naked in the no. trailer. Yes. We know Amelia. He has four sisters. Yeah, there was like I think we met Campbell, something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. She showed up. They all slept with Mark. They all slept with Mark. Yeah, but this is sister four, and I guess we're gonna meet her. Okay. Um, Okay. The last clip that I pulled is when Meredith. So it's later in the season, season six, episode twenty three, which is the beginning of the two parter. That's Mm. the shooting, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. but it's at the very beginning when Meredith is pregnant. And she's like surprised that she um, is actually really excited. Um, (laughs) Yeah, short-lived, but but good moment. Okay. No way. Yeah. No freaking way. Right. Oh my god. Oh. Okay. Um. Were you trying to get? No. Total accident. I used the thing. Oh. So are we happy uh, about this, or are we exercising our legal right to choose? All right. Congratulations. Let's hug it out. Okay. Oh, my God. Are you, are you, are you, are you going to tell him? Have you told him? No, I just found out. Uh, tell Teddy. Derek. Were you going to tell him now? Yeah. Okay. How is the Teddy and Owen thing going? Oh, oh, fantastic. It's going great. I'm completely over it. This is very adult. I'm really proud of you, Meredith Grey. I'm proud of me, too. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> Hey, I hope it has its hair. Me too. It's like oh, such a good that. like friendship scene. Yeah. But it's so it's I don't know, it's it's so fun to like watch both of them be like, Yes, this is crazy, but we are so excited. <laughs> yes. Especially like with her and Christina, like for the both of them, this is not where they thought that they would be. Yeah. Like at all. This is not especially like it's such a perfect moment of their friendship because it's not Christina Yang's personality at all to be like babies yay but yeah. like you, she knows meredith and loves meredith so much that like she's like oh my god my friend gets this happy thing right it's like a super super genuine moment and i think that you know meredith holds a belief in the early seasons in the show that like her mom having her was like immoral and her <laughs> mom like resented meredith for for her potential right. to 
to uh, dampen her career. And I think that it's very, it, it is like the, the result of be extraordinary yeah. that like, she's like, Oh, I could, I could do this. I could yeah. have a baby with Derek and I could do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so good. Me too. Um, okay. Your last clip. I mean, we, we, we already talked about Scott Speedman. Oh, you yes. pulled a Scott Speedman <laughs> clip, which is, is so, it's such a nice, it's such a nice clip. <laughs> I watched it last night and I was like, God, I can't believe this guy just existed for one. I know. It's a honestly a flash in the pan. <laughs> yeah. So, so brief. Because I, I literally was like, oh, I guess he's endgame now. I guess we've totally. met Mary the second husband. Really? Well. <laughs> He's sick. It's a bit of a Henry situation, but we'll make it work. Which, by the way, fucking love Henry. So when I was young, uh, my girlfriend and I stayed in this tiny village. And I think we paid this woman like $2 to crash at her house and drink all of her wine. And she was 97. Her sister was 101. The neighbor was 99. And they grew their own food and... They wandered these little cobblestone streets with chickens to the beaches. Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. Did the, the chickens wandered on the beach, or how does that work? No, with people, these incredible people who were laughing and fighting with the people they loved, and no one was in any rush. No one had anywhere to go, and they were happy. Oh, you want to go live with the chickens and the happy people? Yes. Okay. Me and my kids. And my sisters can come because they can do the cooking and the growing because, I mean, please... And everyone's already living till they're 100 years old, right? There's no cancer or Alzheimer's, so there's no lives for me to save, and no one will die on my watch. Sounds pretty good, just me and my kids in a hammock and a stack of books that I'll buy with no intention of ever reading. Hmm. In this scenario, I don't suppose there's any room on that hammock for someone about your age. Brilliant, but not too brilliant, with one debatably functioning kidney. I mean, unless you want to lug a canoe over your head with me, because I'm game either way. Your laps. Oh, go there with him. Go what? there. <laughs> Invite him. Get yes. get the big hammock. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I really like that clip. I kind of had. Fr- I mean, I knew. I remembered Scott Speedman in a, a an abstract way, mm-hmm. but I was so glad that you that you pulled this clip because it's when you watch it, you're like. Oh, it's Meredith is like she's going there mentally. Right. She's like she like you can you literally can see him like kind of crack her open yes. like emotionally. She's like and at the end of the episode she tells Alex like I haven't felt this way since Derek. Yes. And she's like she's I felt like, like the girl in the bar again or you know whatever. And then they like show that flash of her like at the bar oh my <laughs> when she God. was younger. And I'm like don't do this to me. <laughs> Give me a warning. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But she's just like, she's so like, she's done a lot of emotional work, clearly, and she's changed a lot. But she has, it's like she closed off again when Derek died in a different way. Where she doesn't, she still doesn't talk about her feelings. She still does. She still like is like, no, I'm just, I'm the boss now. I'm like walking around like big boss on campus and you can't see my pain or my, even my joy half the time. Right. Um. And it's really every any character who like brings that out in her, I usually warm up to pretty fast. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh, those were all the clips. Ugh, Meredith, she's grown so much. I'm so proud of her. I'm so proud of my friend Meredith Gray. Okay, so two more things left. The first is a bit of a quiz. I'm going to play a song from a Grey's Anatomy moment. 
then you see if you can remember what that song is from. I've only done this once before and I thought it was a really easy one and then it wasn't. But I also know that you have you've done a lot of rewatching. So this either is this <laughs> also might be too easy, but I, I don't know. I went I, I don't know what to think. But we're about to find out. <laughs> okay, here we go. Like that's definitely like bringing something up, but yeah. I feel like it's it's like, is that the drowning? Ding ding yeah. ding! You got <laughs> yes. it. I just picture her like half her head like half emerged, just like sad suicidal eyes. Yes, that <laughs> is literally Sinking. exactly it. Yeah, and that I, creepy blonde child who didn't say anything when oh she drowned. She just like watched her until somebody asked her. Oh, just because you're traumatized doesn't mean you can just <laughs> let her die. What are you doing? <laughs> I think that child was a ghost. Yeah, the whole time. It, uh, absolutely. I, I mean, let's just hear it with the splashing to, <laughs> to really drive it home. Wow. What an iconic moment. To me, that song sounds like someone drowning. I think they did a good job. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. The final thing to do is the way that we end every episode, which is that you create and perform your own Shondalog. <laughs> your Shondalog is a Shonda Rhyme style monologue where one character talks for anywhere between 15 seconds and truly one full minute and there's a thesis sentence that starts and ends it and frankly often comes up many times in between <laughs> um we will each do one you can do something that you actually would like to say to someone in your life or you can really just drop yourself into the world of Gra world of Grey's anatomy and and just you know find inspiration from yeah anywhere and i will go to as i always do the huge playlist called Grey's Anatomy that has 800 songs and most of them I've never heard before and I choose one at random and hope it's not like a bow wow wow type of song and if it is I change it to find something more dinky and uh and with guitar I'm currently rewatching the season where they like only play acoustic oh, covers, covers of not even the eight the 80s one was weird enough but this one's like it's like acoustic covers of like Megan Trainer. <laughs> Shonda was like very proud of that artistic decision and tweeted about it a yeah. lot. And I was like, like bitch, terrible. I hate it's this. It's like Taylor's like, shake it off. Yeah. Shake, shake it took it me off. out of every episode. I think that that was also the same season where every episode had like so many flashbacks. Yes. Where it's like, like Meredith minutes. at the carousel with her like about to commit suicide mother. Oh. Like every time. 
Yeah. I mean, there was one episode where I like counted just by the minutes. Like how many episodes in this 42 minute episode <laughs> are, how many minutes in this 42 epi- minute episode are flashbacks? Mm-hmm. And I was like, eight? <laughs> that's most of it. That's, are you right. fucking kidding like, me? Like there's like the writers want to go home to their kids more. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> oh, let's just bring the carousel thing back again. <laughs> see if there's any juice left in that. It's like, there isn't, there actually never was. <laughs> yeah. God. And yet I still love the show and would die for it. Would you like to go first or second? Um, I'll go second. Okay. Hmm. What will I log on today? Hmm. Okay. This is uh, something in my real life. What song will I choose? Something. I'll go down to the bottom of this playlist. Something called Coincidental Sounds Promising. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is it. I am tired. I. I know you see it. I know you hear me, and you don't seem to do anything about it. I'm tired. I don't sleep anymore. I can't sleep. I don't have enough pillows. And I don't have pillows that are good. I don't sleep. And I want to sleep. Because you know what? There is a lot of things and people who need me. And they need me to not be a ghoul. I'm so tired. And you're not doing anything to fix it. So you need to either knock me out or install blackout curtains or something because I'm tired. And I can't do this anymore, so drug me or something <laughs> i'm tired <laughs> wow that was a good song thank choice. you so much yeah almost all of them are like that i'm like wow it's amazing that they find like 800 versions of the same song to put on the show yeah i am um, as you can like maybe tell from that like i'm having a lot of trouble sleeping no. and it's a huge rip off <laughs> i'm like maybe it's my pillows that are the issue i'm like no i think it's something I think it's something in here. <laughs> I think it's something up here that's rattling around. Um, yeah, I'm off work this week and I'm like, if I don't catch up on sleep, it feel the stakes feel very high, no, which I, doesn't like help you fall asleep. I'm but like, like if I don't catch up on sleep and feel well rested, the thing's all gonna fall apart. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um are you ready? Yes. Okay. I'm gonna go for my life. Yes. <laughs> Wow, okay, this song is called Uneven Odds. Oh. Let's see what happens. Okay. Nope. <laughs> oh my god, what a It's not the vibe. Hmm. Something this has acoustic in the title. Okay. Feeling good about <laughs> yes. it. Feel free to play the acoustic shake it off. Oh <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> okay. Um There's just so much screaming. It's just every, every day I go to feed my cat and she's just, she's just screaming at me. And I'm like, you don't have a job. (laughs) I don't have a job. You especially don't have a job. I pay for your food every day. And then I feed you dinner and two hours later you scream at me again. Last night I had this dream. (laughs) 
because I might move back to Los Angeles soon. And in order to do that, I have to transport my cat across the country. And that's just going to leave her screaming at me in JFK as I take her out of her cat carrier, like the good cat mom that I am, and take her through security. And she's just so ungrateful for all of my hard work that she's going to escape my arms in JFK and she's going to scream at me there. <laughs> and there's just so much screaming all the time. <laughs> I think that's all I got. Oh, my God. Bravo. <laughs> yes. A real life example. I love it. Oh, God. I think my favorite of those monologues was... Um, during the drowning episode where like and it's it's because it's the worst monologue i've ever heard where it's katherine heigl talking about butter she's she's like <laughs> the tub of butter george and they're like what oh do you God. mean our friend is dying the tub of butter i believe that if you like eat yes. a tub of butter and nobody's around that it, the calories don't count and i was like she first is, of all why would you do that she's it's like butter. And so i believe that meredith will live <laughs> like oh god yeah it might have uh. been that song <laughs> Is that the writing that Katherine Heigl said wasn't worthy of an Emmy nomination? Oh, no. What side am I on? (laughs) That's the thing. She said it about the George and Izzy season. And I was like, she's correct. I'm sorry that it's bad that she said it publicly. She's not really bad. Yeah. You just like let yourself lose the Emmy. God damn. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for Thank coming you. to talk about Grey's. This truly has been a dream. This is all I ever want to do, so I'm glad that I couldn't do it Fully today. same. Um, where can people find you? I am on Twitter. It's probably the easiest place. Alana Bennett. A-L-A-N-N-A-B-E-N-N-E-T-T. It's like the Pride and Prejudice people, but with an extra T for oh, some reason. Perfect. That That'll help. That'll stick in people's <laughs> mind. Well, thank you again so much uh for being here thank you to everyone who's listening and i'll see you on the next nicole's gray's anatomy yeah forever dog this has been a forever dog production executive produced by brett boehm joe cilio and alex ramsey for more original podcasts please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on apple podcasts Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.